Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, in our ongoing effort at I Work For Him to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to think about your faith and work, today we've got a very special guest. We've got Bob Shank, founder of the Barnabas Group and co-founder of... No, did I get that right now? Yeah, co-founder of the Barnabas Group and... Bob, I'm just going to keep messing up. You're involved in the master's group. I know you corrected me yesterday saying it wasn't your idea. It was somebody else's idea, but you helped start it. We've got Bob Shank with us today, and we're here to talk about how each one of us is gifted and how the Barnabas Group and the master's program help people understand their kingdom calling. Bob Shank, welcome to the I Work For Him show. Jim, great to be with you, and uh, thanks for inviting me to be part of a conversation about a topic that is uh, dear to my heart. Well, I, I, it's always easy to talk about things we know and we love, and, and it's obvious you've got a passion for equipping people to understand the workplace calling. But before we get into the meat of the conversation, as I do with each and every guest, I really just want, to, I want my, my listeners to hear, how is Jesus making a difference in your life today? Uh, well, I, I have a rare privilege of spending most of my time with marketplace leaders who have... Uh, pretty well cracked the code on doing their careers um, an extraordinary way, but are fairly convinced from the conviction of the Holy Spirit that there's something more for their lives than simply pursuing their career. And there's a huge shift that 
happens in the life of a person who recognizes that their career is what they're paid for, but their calling is what they're made for, that there's often a difference between what we're hired to do and what we're wired to do. And sometimes the shifts are simply mindset and um, perspective. Sometimes it means that um, a a new role that um, comes to life alongside career begins to put an enhancement in their ongoing experience that they never imagined possible. So you're right in my space, and this is what I have the privilege of doing with men and women who have much to offer the kingdom but are often underplayed. What a privilege that must be. And today we're going from sea to shining sea. That's what I love. From sea to shining sea, from Florida to California. I know, but you're not in California today. But that's where where the master's program is out of. But today you're in the humble place of Dallas. Is is it beautiful in Dallas today? It's chilly in Dallas today, but the sky's clear, and uh, uh, I try and maintain touch in in Texas so that when they secede someday from the Union, I can be... uh, perhaps say a dual citizenship. <laughs> now, this isn't a political show, so I'm going to resist the chance to jump <laughs> on top of that bandwagon because I would really like to. But I, I won't, but I, I, am, I am grateful because people here in Florida think today is cold. I almost thought about wearing a light jacket today, but I didn't. It's like 52. But people here are in parkas, winter jackets, earmuffs, gloves, it's ridiculous. Tomorrow morning, it's supposed to be in the low 30s. I'm washing my car. I'm washing my car so I can know why I appreciate living in Florida. Okay, weather uh, weather aside, you tell us about your career background. It's not always been in full-time paid ministry to other people. Where did you, how'd you get to where you are today? Jim, I was in college uh, planning a uh, future in business when Sherry and I were engaged to be married. My father-in-law had a business that he had started 25 years before. He had four daughters, no sons, no succession plan, and enticed me to leave college early and join him in his business. I did that. Uh, It was a couple hundred employees uh, in a mechanical contracting firm. Our primary work was new uh, residential construction, heating and air conditioning. And um, I joined him and came up through the ranks from literally the bottom to uh, the place where uh, six years in, he gave me the uh, go-ahead to take over and run the company while he stepped away. And in the next uh, five years, we grew about 400% and became the largest in our field in the 14 western states. Uh, We were doing about 10,000 new houses a year and um, multi-million dollar company with 350 employees, and my approach to the business was um, very strategic, not tactical. I hired um, people that I knew had potential, helped them to uh, grow into leadership and take responsibility for operating divisions. And the more I did that, the more I was available during the week for the business if needed. But once we had our huddle at the beginning of the week and I set it in motion, It was availability, um, but not a daily demand. And I saw in those years the chance to devote about half of my time to things that advanced the kingdom on a variety of fronts. I was doing more um, non-revenue time out the back door than I was doing revenue production out of the front door. And over the course of years, the more I did that, the more God grew the business and the more our success uh, kind of marked um, our way. That's not prosperity teaching. That just says is I made more time available for 
what uh, God had for me to do beyond income production. Uh, the income production became even more pr- um, fruitful. So, the, I mean, and, and that's awesome. I love that story. That the more you were able to commit. Uh, to doing some direct ministry stuff that God blessed your business and helped you just to work more efficiently. Because, I mean, I, I I have seen the more time I spend with the Lord, the more efficient my days go. And the days that I tend to jump out of bed and go, 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 the less efficient I really am. So really God allowed you to take advantage of of your time in a more maximized fashion. That, that sounds well, Tim, really cool. But a large part of that was about recognizing that within the context of our business, there was a profound point of access that we had with employees, with their families, with suppliers, with customers, with competitors. Um, we just had access that uh, was unique because of who we were and what we were doing. And we evangelized our space. Um, we were fish in the pond of our business and its myriad contacts. And over the course of those years, we were very overt about what we believed and why we did what we did. Um, the people that were in our world heard the gospel. Uh, some would say, boy, if you become that expressive and that direct about it, you're going to turn some people off. We may have done that, but the people that we were able to serve and draw into faith far offset um, anybody who left angry. Well, and, uh, I got to ask this question, though, Bob. I got I got to interrupt you right there. Who taught you to do this? Because how many years ago was this? Was this 30, 40 years ago? This was 35, yeah. 40 years ago. Okay. So who taught you to do that? Because we're not hearing it in the churches today, and we're trying to encourage pastors today to recognize this. Who told you that you could actually be a minister in your workplace? How did you get equipped to do that? As a young man in business, um, there was a elder in our church who was a... Uh, uh, gosh, the age of my parents. Um, his Lauren Grisette was his name. He was the mayor of our city. Um, he was his uncle was Cameron Townsend, the founder of the, the uh, Wycliffe Bible Translators Ministry. Mm. Uh, Lauren was a businessman, but a leader in the Christian Businessmen's Committee movement. And Lauren brought me under his wing and mentored me over the course of years in um, discovering how to use my business as a platform for the kingdom. And Lauren's impact on my life um, resulted in a um, an opportunity to maximize that. And um, I just um, have, I'm the product of mentors. My father-in-law mentored me in the business. Lauren Grissett mentored me in the business of marketplace ministry um, as a insurance uh, professional. Um, he did that in his world, and as a subcontractor in the building business we did that in our world that's fantastic so cbmc really had a play in that too cbmc is huge i have them on my show all the time they're doing massive work here in tampa bay Uh, that's fantastic i just found out when i was doing a cbmc show about three or four months ago that my father-in-law 50 years ago had gotten involved in cbmc and he had been involved for years and years and years and i had no idea so he's he's helping them start up a new one in or or revive one in fort myers florida so tell me why how'd you come up where'd the idea for the barnabas group come from Hmm. well the barnabas group was birthed out of the master's program and the master's program was birthed out of a conversation that i had with bob buford 20 years ago okay so we'll start there we'll start at the master's program then well, let me start with Bob Buford and his book, Halftime. Okay. Because Bob, as a marketplace entrepreneur, wrote a book that teased baby boomers with the notion that um, career success was great, but significance in life might be on a separate parallel but convergent track. 
And so his subtitle, Changing Your Game Plan from Success to Significance, has become a throwaway line that uh, people use constantly without attribution. Bob had the book out for about six months when he was getting responses from people who said, great idea, what do I do with this? And Bob didn't have an individualized process to suggest. And so back then, before halftime, the ministry that's grown under his leadership came to life. Um, Bob challenged me to think about creating a ministry that would serve people who were dealing with halftime issues. And I spent a year. Uh, I was in a shift between assignments. I spent about a year um, looking at that and determined that uh, that was really the path that God had in mind for me. And so in 1997, uh, we created the master's program to help Christian leaders explore, expose, and exploit their kingdom calling. And, uh, boy, in business, we go through um, a, a lot of precision in getting clarity about our our career direction and our niche, and we refine it to the point that we can make it an elevator speech that captures in 25 words what we do to create value in the marketplace. And uh, we're just committed to helping men and women make the same kind of clear um, certainty uh, occur in their lives with regard to the role that they play in the context of expanding God's kingdom. Mm. And we work with a companion but slightly derivative perspective to what some in the marketplace ministry world do. While we recognize the career is a part of our lives and we have a calling to be faithful in all parts of our lives, that for many of us there's a calling that goes in parallel with or in succession to our business identity, that in the same way a carpenter became a messiah and a fisherman became a fisher of men, a tent maker became an apostle to take the gospel to the Gentiles. A doctor became a historian who wrote books that are still being published in a bestseller 2,000 years later. That very often our career life is a critical part of our life to create the, uh, the reputation that validates and legitimizes our claims of kingdom leadership. That very often that becomes a launch platform for a calling that may reinvent us in some contribution that we make, that in the same way that Bob Buford had a career in cable television, but a calling to uh, become an entrepreneur in the ministry space with Leadership Network and with Halftime, in the same way you, Jim, have a background in the insurance business, but are now a voice for the Christian marketplace ministry movement um, in uh, the radio work that you do. Very often I'm finding that Gosh, apart from spirituality, Bill Gates found that his greatest contribution may not be in software, but might be in finding resolution for resolvable uh, health crises around the world. And our career establishes a base and a platform from which we're first faithful there. But if God opens the door to involvement beyond that in the context of his kingdom, our tent making takes on a whole new dimension. It's time for our book highlight segment brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Karis Christian Books and Gifts has been part of the Largo community for over 29 years. Located in the center of First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Ulmerton Road in Largo, there are 2,400 square foot stores open to the public every day, seven days a week. Check them out online at shopcaris.com. That's shop, C-H-A-R-I-S.com. Be the first person to call into the studio line today, and I'll send you a copy of the book that we're talking about today. Call on the studio line, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. Call now. 
Our book today we're highlighting is Halftime by Bob Buford. This is a book I've shared so many times. This book changed my life. Not like the Bible did, but it really shifted the paradigm and allowed me to recognize that, hey, I've been given a chance to make an impact with my life if I just would let the Lord help me pursue a life of significance versus just chasing after what the world calls success. It was a step of faith, but we all need to read this book. If you're a Christ follower and you've been playing in the business world for a little while, but you just can't figure out why it doesn't just resonate with your soul, you got to get a copy at halftime. I got a couple of copies to give away. Call into the studio line, 855 265 2929. 855 265 2929. And remember, read the book. Don't wait for the movie. All right, we're back live with Bob Shank, founder of the Master's Program. Bob, when you set this Master's Program up, it's, as I understand it, a pretty big investment of time. So the three-year program, what? It, just give it a brief overview, and then we'll hit it real in detail at the, after the bottom of the half hour. Tell, in three years, what can somebody expect to accomplish? Well, a lot of our graduates have called it an MBA in kingdom leadership. Um, others have recognized that... Um, it's a holistic and uh, integrated um, approach that in 12 full days, and it's one full day per quarter for three years that we spend in the live sessions, we address the personal, family, professional, and kingdom aspects of life and look for integration that uh, runs in the face of the compartmentalization that our world tries to operate within. Um, Tiger Woods went through a, a tremendous uh, career collapse a number of years ago, and um, it wasn't um, surprising to find that because it was demonstrating the correlation between what was happening in his family life and his personal life with his professional life. And it doesn't matter how incredibly gifted he was athletically with regard to golf, that there were other parts of his life that were going to naturally impact and affect what he could do in his professional life. We find the same things true for people that are in the marketplace, that how we're doing in our personal core, body, mind, soul, and spirit, how it's going in terms of the family front with our marriage and our parenting, what's going on with regard to our marketplace lives, both with our career activities and then our stewardship of the funds that we're given to resource and to manage. And then ultimately the question of the kingdom, which is really as simple as asking, what are we doing to impact people who share our faith? And what are we doing to impact people who don't share our faith? And those 10 aspects of life need to be addressed individually uh, and emphasized to the point that they're being managed in a collaborative and uh, uh, cooperative way so that all of our life, that we're hitting on all cylinders all the time. So the holistic nature of the master's program um, is uh, very unique. Um, I, about 80% of our participants are marketplace leaders, about 20% our pastors and parachurch leaders. <laughs> That's fantastic. We've got to cut you off because we got we got a tough break coming on here. When we come back, I really want to dig into a few of the details on the master's program so people can really understand what's it dealing with, what's it all about. I really would love to just talk. It, it says on your website that you your, your curriculum seems to be focused. Actually, this is what I think I dug out of. It seems to be focused on balance but, you know, for business people or for people that go through the master's program. It's focused on balance, margin, and focus. 
So I shouldn't use the word focus, but okay. So balance, margin, and focus. How does your master's program help people understand these things as they pursue a career of significance? Huh, we answered those questions in three years. Let me see if I can do it in 30 <laughs> seconds. Okay. Balance is about making sure that all the parts of my life are aligned with God's design so that my life is sustainable and scalable, not just in a survival mode. Balance says that I'm authenticating the claim that the Bible makes that Jesus came so that we could have life to the max. And we help people in a practical way get to that outcome. Margin says that um, while we may be making money, uh, we can be um, overcommitted and have more demand than we have capacity in the time and the energy and the creative capacities that um, are so often running thin. Most leaders I know have no excess capacity available to find any new thing that God may want to bring their way. And we end up saying, God, we'd love to be involved, but we just bought a field and have to go see it. We just bought five yoke of oxen and have to go work them. We have to go check in with our family because we married a wife. Boy, the exceptions to availability are no different. The just bought a field, we get distracted by our assets. Bought five yoke of oxen. I've got to go give attention to my operations. Just married a wife. Boy, I, my family's running on uh, vapor, and I've got to go get some time with them. Well, the reality is that um, margin says that I've, I've intentionally, proactively learned some skill sets that have not affected most people. To be able to create white space, availability that invites God to bring new opportunity. Because if I don't create capacity that is available for redeployment to things that matter for eternity, God will bring opportunities my way. I'm sorry, I interrupted you, but you got to repeat that. That was really, really, really good. If you don't create that white space, give, give yourself that little bit of extra. Say that again, what you just said, because that was fantastic. If I don't create availability and invite God to bring opportunity my way, um, I will not hear from heaven with the opportunities that would otherwise have been mine. Mm. And so that's not a skill set that our culture uh, encourages. The enemy keeps us unavailable through overload. And uh, we just teach people some expertise that they don't have from uh, the rest of their life finding ways how to work less, make more, create margins, spread it around the parts of their life that they know need more than they've been able to give to them, and then reserve some of that margin for availability for the kingdom that they would have never been able to say yes to, and God would not have brought to them because he knew that he'd turn, they would turn him down. And then the, the focus part of what you're doing. So you, are you teaching them business skills on how to stay focused on what they're supposed to be doing? or what, what balance, is the... balance makes a kingdom leader authentic. Margin makes a kingdom leader available. Focus makes a kingdom leader dangerous. Because as soon as you get balance and margin, the enemy would love to come and distract you into something that you shouldn't be doing. And we live with a, a, a sincere but a misguided notion that every need um, is a call. That if I can sit, step in and do something, that I ought to do it because the need defines me. Well, need does not define me. Calling defines me. Martha communicated with Jesus with a need. Her brother was sick, and Jesus went stone silent and didn't communicate for four days while Lazarus died. 
you know, we know what to say yes to. And in the master's program, we help folks find a place where the nexus of purpose and passion and potential opens the door for them to be able to know when to say no and when to say yes. And as I like to say, if you're doing anything right now for the kingdom that someone else could do, your next step as a leader is to find the person who can replace you, get them engaged, step away, and become available because leaders don't take jobs, they make jobs. And if someone else can do it, it's not your calling. And being distracted into things that could be done by someone else um, is one of the easiest ways for the enemy to keep us from doing the things that only we can do. Wow, that sounds so. It's a three-year program that they're working on that really gets them a graduate degree. It doesn't officially get them a graduate degree, but it gets them a graduate degree in really being a marketplace minister within their workplace. That's really what it sounds like, uh, and beyond. Yes. Mm. So, what did, what do you think that as you've seen it now? How many people have you graduated from this program since 1997? About sixteen hundred. Oh, my word, that's fantastic. And they're from all over the world or just all over the country? North America. And uh, we've got a companion organization that emerged through a graduate in Canada uh, a number of years ago. So we stretch from Halifax to Vancouver uh, in Canada and from coast to coast in the U.S. Oh, that's and beginning big. next quarter, um, we're going to be going into a next-generation model. Uh, we've been running in this um, one-day-per-quarter live sessions uh, model that um, has worked very well. We recognize that we've got a millennial generation who are accessed differently, served differently, and um, are getting ready to take over when we're uh, handing the baton off. And for them, we're creating a master's program online opportunity that will emerge beginning in April and uh, will be... Uh, offering a chance through virtual community to have a very similar um, and transformative experience with the master's program online. Mm. So how will you maintain the relationship piece, that accountability piece that that gets built from in-classroom, common in-classroom experience with these millennials who are so used to being, you know, just connected electronically? How are you going to help them learn the value of relationships through that, uh, the, the next generation master's program? Jim, I'll ask our listeners to close their ears for just a minute. Let me say to you as a friend, you're showing your age. I know I am. I know. <laughs> I know I am. We, we think in terms of uh, live only, but the, for the millennial world, their, their relationships often ha- happen in the context of online community. And so we're going to be maximizing that online community opportunity. Uh, I'll be participating in that space um, as effectively as you can in an online environment inviting them occasionally to become involved in live events that will occur. But for the most part, um, we'll be meeting them in the virtual space where they spend so much of their lives. So where can they find out more about the master's program online? What's the website? We will be um, introducing it through our uh, mastersprogram.org website. Um, We haven't revealed the website dedicated to Masters Online, but through our mastersprogram.org website. Um, it will be introduced uh, beginning in April, and we'll be scaling it from there. Fantastic. Okay, so the master's program then led you to found, co-found the Barnabas Group. What is the Barnabas Group all about? Very simply, um, likening the master's program to an MBA program. One of the problems of recession is when you graduate 
from an MBA program, the recruiters are not waiting at the other end of the graduate platform. Um, there, when you graduate into a recession, uh, you may hear the deafening silence that says, we don't need you. And putting Christian leaders into a place where they're ready to play as partners and peers with ministry leaders, providing the expertise and the contribution of perspective that their marketplace lives have prepared them to offer, um, that isn't a, a, a spot from which many ministries know how to relate. And so the Barnabas Group was formed to become, in effect, a pro bono consulting group who are available to ministry leaders and ministries to be able to make their expertise um, experience hardened and um, sophisticated in their marketplace careers with ministries that are often, uh, as far as they can go, given the leadership potential of their founders and current leaders, but they get as far as their ministry plan can take them, but they stall for the lack of a business plan. But the same things that represent obstacles to businesses in their growth and maturation, the the issues of survivability, sustainability, and scalability that marketplace leaders have learned to get past are the very obstacles that ministries find themselves confronting and stalled by. And so when expertise that comes from the marketplace can be offered to ministry leaders without cost and without a need for a board seat or some recognition, but rather offered as peers, not as underlings, problem when you walk into a ministry and say, I'm here to volunteer, you're likely to be driving pickup for a UPS package or doing a drop-off at the airport. Well, when marketplace leaders come into the kingdom space and offer themselves not as um, volunteers to do uh, common labor, but to do leadership um, advice, consult, and assistance at the senior level, without a need for recognition or compensation. The line forms at the door for ministries who need that kind of assistance. And so the Barnabas Group has become that in a dozen locations around the country. And he, and when you're doing that, so these ministries are actually asking for that help, or are you drawing the attention that they need that help? When we started the Barnabas Group, uh, Jim West, our co- my co-founder, said, boy, I was worried when we assembled these marketplace leaders and uh, then created a time every quarter where ministry leaders could come and make a request. Uh, Unfortunately, put a room full of marketplace leaders in front of the ministry leader um, and uh, give them the floor. Uh, Often it's the assumption that the only thing they have to offer is money. When a ministry leader is um, presenting at the Barnabas Group, they can ask for anything but money. They cannot ask for financial assistance. Um, That requires some coaching. And uh, once coached and once assisted in helping to present their vision, their status, the gap that exists between what they'd like to be and who they are, and not knowing how to close that gap, that invitation draws leadership volunteers into a space where they can serve in a remarkable way. Um, Why would they do it? Because they are looking for help they don't have available to them and their staff on their boards or the people that are supporters of them today. And um, 1,400 ministries have been benefited in the last decade by the Barnabas Group around the country uh, in offering that kind of assistance. 
Tell me what the impact's been. I mean, okay, so 1,400 ministries have been impacted. Can you give me a specific example of how a marketplace minister, somebody that has been trained up in, I imagine, these are people that went through the master's program that learned how to apply their faith into the workplace? Are those the people that are involved in the Barnabas group? Yes. Don Schoendorfer um, is a uh, Ph.D. from uh, MIT with... um, sophistication in engineering. He was an inventor in the medical community for uh, the bulk of his career. When he turned 50, he ran halftime and headed off to uh, the desert to ask what did he have to show for his life. He had a bunch of patents and a bunch of royalties from medical devices, but he said by his own assessment, he had worked for 20 years to make the lives of already comfortable Americans more comfortable. Um, he was taken with the need for uh, mobility in the disadvantaged developing world where people who cannot walk can't afford a wheelchair. And uh, Don created a prototype for a wheelchair that could be fabricated and delivered anywhere in the world for under $50 and knew that there were 200 million people who couldn't walk somewhere in the world who couldn't afford a wheelchair. Um, he's an inventor. He took it as far mm. as his inventive capability could take it. He brought it to the Barnabas group and said, guys, this is my my uh, my product. This is my dream, but I don't know how to connect those. And the expertise that he needed in marketing and shipping, in uh, um, international uh, trade relations and um, breaking through uh, tariff barriers and all kinds of things, the expertise that he needed to take the free wheelchair mission from a concept to a place where today uh, just under a million wheelchairs have been given away around the world through free wheelchair mission. What? The expertise that he needed to make that happen came to him through the Barnabas Group. That's fantastic. I'd love to hear another one of those stories. Today we're talking with Bob Shank, founder of the Barnabas Group and the Master's Program, about what those two programs are doing to equip kingdom Ministers, people that are working in the marketplace each and every day and teaching them how to apply the kingdom principles to their workplace each and every day. So we're, we're comrades in all of this battle. I'm bringing Jesus to the workplace each and every day. And if you missed the beginning of the show, you missed all about the master's program and how it's designed over a three-year period to equip you to be a marketplace minister. Bob, you said that you've got uh, classes. Go, when, do classes start all the time? With the, the master's program, do they are, are they always starting, or is there like a rotation every year? What what, what happens? We st- uh, we mobilize uh, groups, cohorts to uh, experience the program together around the country. In fact, uh, I was with a group in Fort Worth, Texas, today doing that. I'll be with a group in Dallas tomorrow doing that. And when a group forms, um, they launch. We're not bound to a school year calendar, so um, we're not confined to September launches or a semester system. When we get a cohort together, we put a leader in front of them, and we take off on the journey. And so, how many people are typically in those groups? Those groups will range in size from 15 to 50, and uh, the vitality that happens within that cohort um, is unique to every city and every group of people. And there's something remarkable when you get people who are not on their heels looking for ways to say no, but are on their toes leaning in to say yes. 
Mm. I mean, the, the the things that you talked about that the program deals with are so applicable, and the things we talk about every day on the on the radio program, just the balance, margin, focus thing. But be able to, the details behind that, those all of the, the the material. Do they? Do you guys have curriculum to lead them through, or do, are they reading books written by other authors that you tie into it, or is it or is it both, both yes, curriculum and, yes. and books? Yes, and yes, we've in twelve binders. For 12 days, there's about a 1,000 pages of proprietary curriculum with content, assessments, tools, strategies that are very practical, very hands-on. Um, we'll recommend uh, course textbooks. Uh, there are about 30 books that go together during the three-year period. Uh, about half of those are books that are faith-based and overtly Christian and have uh, biblical foundations. The other half come out of the marketplace and deal with issues of leadership that are clearly in alignment with spiritual truth, but don't have verses inside. And we're not a, we're not put off by that. When um, when you find how to win friends and influence people, um, that's uh, I'm not allergic to the idea that um, a great concept can be can be advanced. that is in direct alignment with uh, God's principles, but may not include biblical foundations in what it says. No, that's for sure. And there's so many great books out there, and 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 I've read them on both sides of the aisle. Whether they're well, and you look at Jim Collins' book. There's nothing in Jim Collins' books, the good to great, and and all the way up. They're they're not some of there's spiritual components in it, but both sides. People that aren't Christ followers love his books, and people that are Christ followers love his books. And there's there's you know there's so many great books out there. Uh, that's exciting to know. And people can find out more about your program at at mastersprogram.org, mastersprogram.org, and they can find out more about the Barnabas Group. What's the website for the Barnabas Group? Barnabasgroup.org. Oh, that's a pretty simple one. Barnabasgroup.org. Now, do you have any of those groups going on in Tampa Bay? I know you don't have a Barnabas. You don't have a Barnabas Group down here yet, right? Jim, generally, the Master's program precedes the Barnabas Group. Got it. And uh, Master's graduates uh, become aware of that model and are the basis for the launch of a Master's program transition to a Barnabas Group. Um, because they're locally uh, owned, led, operated. Um, it's a ministry launched by marketplace leaders who become aware of the fact that they don't need permission from some government or religious institution to step out and do their part to advance the kingdom. And uh, kingdom entrepreneurship is a wonderful thing to watch. So we need to get one of those groups started in Tampa Bay, a master's program group, so that then we can launch a Barnabas group. That's what we need to get done then. Exactly. Okay. All right, listen, we're coming to the end of another I Work For Him show. Don't go yet, just Bob. But we're, we're looking for a 1,000 people in Tampa Bay to make a commitment, a commitment to the I Work For Him challenge, a 1,000 people that will start praying for their coworkers and employees each and every day, a 1,000 people that will look for ways to start praying with their coworkers and employees, a 1,000 people to look for ways to serve the people that they work with each and every day, a 1,000 people to be the best and brightest examples of what they do in their workplace. A thousand people who live a consistent witness at home and in your neighborhood and in your office and to recognize that you're a Christ follower no matter where you are. If you're willing to take that challenge, contact me on our website, iworkforhim.com, iwork4him.com, and subscribe to iworkforhim. Let me know you're willing to take that challenge. That's super important. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him. 